Well, good afternoon. It's definitely good to be here and have the opportunity to, to speak with you a little bit about God's Word. And, and I'm excited to be speaking on this topic because it's something that's been very important to me. Um, and I think it's something that's very important to growing and strengthening a church and its members. And I'm pretty familiar with the mentor mentee relationship on many levels and many different circumstances, and um, it's actually been a big part of pretty much what I feel like is every aspect of my life, so I'm very thankful uh, for mentorship, and you know, I got my degree in radio, television, film production a long time ago, something like 22, 23 years ago now, and I thought I knew some stuff when I graduated about video production, but you know, it's really a very hands-on profession. Um, there's technology that changes all the time. There's equipment that you've never even seen. And so I got out there and I realized I didn't know as much as I thought I did. And it wasn't until I got my first, I guess, big boy job, we'll call it, when a man named uh, Michael Hunter took me under his wing. And that's when I really started to develop my skills. And he, he taught me all kinds of things, how to work with clients and how to run a small video business and how to use a lot of this, this newer equipment and better technology and to practice in all these different opportunities and I just learned so, so much. And he was really very much a mentor to me. And you know, I stopped working for him now. And it's probably been, I think, 1999, maybe 2000, something like that. But I still call him. Some of y'all are smiling like that's a long time ago or something, like you were in high school. But, but I stopped working for him a long time ago. And I still call him today. I still talk to him today. I still ask him for advice and all those kinds of things. Because that's the kind of relationship that we developed. And I said he was a true mentor to me in my industry and you know, I still use the tools that he taught me. Now I pass those on to some of the kids that I work with. And, and that's, you know, as CB talked about this morning, that's what main mentorship is. It's basically, you know, a relationship in which a more experienced or more knowledgeable person in something helps to guide a less experienced or a less knowledgeable person. And the idea of someone that's been there and done that, uh, working with someone that is trying to get there and trying to do that. It's kind of the way I, I want to put it. And um, let's see, Paul said, in Philippians 4 and 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. He was setting an example for those around him. He was spreading the knowledge of the things that he had done and sharing with those that are around him. And, and as someone who works in education, you know, we do that all the time. And I've been a part of mentoring, and I've seen and experienced the value of it firsthand, having been a mentor and having been mentored in a couple different situations, and I've seen how much of a positive impact that it can have on someone's life when you spend time with them, when you build a relationship with them. Um, it opens so many doorways when you have those relationships to help them and to guide them, and I've seen how much it can impact someone just to take the time to walk up to somebody, talk to them a little bit, ask some questions about their life, and get to know them where that can lead and how much an impact that can have on their lives. And I've seen that with kids over the years many, many times. And that's big in education, as you know, the teacher-to-student mentoring. But what you may not realize is how big teacher-to-teacher -teacher mentoring is. And those of you maybe here that are teachers have probably seen a lot of that because a good mentor-teacher is often the lifeline for a first-year teacher or even a second-year teacher because reading it in a book is not the same as when you walk into the classroom. And I think of the old uh, the military saying, what is it, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. And that's a lot of times how you feel as a teacher when you walk in with the lesson plan and then the kids come in, and I mean, it just goes crazy. It is not exactly what you had in mind, even though you carefully laid out these plans. So that's when you really need somebody to talk to, somebody to ask real questions, someone that has done it, someone that can show you the ropes, someone you can model after. 
And that is super duper important. It keeps a lot of people from running out the door screaming. And I think that applies to our Christian walk as well. And I, the idea of first-year teachers, second-year teachers, we can think of that same terms as, as newer Christians. And we each have the opportunity to make a real impact in someone's life. And, and mentoring is a huge part of my other industry, video production. I see that my students, because apprenticeships and mentorships are how uh, much of that industry learns and teaches. I talked about with me, but people start out thinking, oh, I'm going to go out, I'm going to be a director. And they quickly realize, okay, that's not how it works at all. They have to go on set somewhere and they have to find a lighting specialist or a gaffer or a best boy. Some of these terms y'all remember from my lesson a long time ago, ending credits. They have to find one of those guys with a weird title and they have to follow that guy around and get him to teach them and show them the ropes and introduce them to people and pass those things on. And that's very, very important. They guide them. And what I want us each to do is to stop and think about our own lives. And if you reflect back a little bit on the places you've been, the things you've done, I bet somewhere, at some point in your life, there was a person that helped you and that guided you and that had an impact on your life, that mentored you. And you may not even realize they were a mentor at the time. Maybe this was in school, maybe it was in sports, maybe it was in your career, or maybe it was in the church. As I said, you may not even realize what they were doing at the time that they were kind of a mentor to you. But it's time for us to each think about that and in turn pass that on. You know, mentoring's been around for hundreds of years and you've heard of Michelangelo, but you know, he had a teacher, Bertoldo, that a lot of people said was even better than him. And that's the way the career industry was for a long, long time. You found a, a path that you wanted to follow and you went in mentorship with that person. You wouldn't follow them around, whether it's a blacksmith or an artist or whatever it was, and that is still done today quite a bit. And we know it's a proven thing. We see it in business and sports and education. So I think that it's something that we need to do. It's something that we need more of in the church today. And it's something that we have to do with intent because we are not meant to live the Christian life alone and we are not meant to walk the Christian walk alone. And according to a study done by the National Network of Youth Ministry, um, and I don't know how credible they are, but it says nine out of every 10 young people who begin a relationship with Christ would say the biggest factor in their decision was because of a one-on-one -on -one relationship with an adult. So that's 90% of the young people coming to Christ, it says, were impacted by that relationship or by a relationship with someone else. So I want us to think about that. How have we impacted the lives of the people around us? Have we impacted anyone's life in a one-on-one -on -one way? And the thing is, I think the Bible is full of examples of mentor relationships. You know, we see Paul and Timothy and Moses and Joshua and Elijah and Elijah, and I think that we need more of that in the church today. I think CB had this passage this morning, but I left it in because I think it's very powerful. And it says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. As I said, I think the Bible gives us a lot of examples of mentor situations. So we have to think about how we can develop mentor relationships in the church today. And one of the things CB talked about this morning that I'm pulling out of and I'm pulling into my sermon quite a bit, that I, an idea that I agree with a lot, is it mentioned in Proverbs 11:14 and Proverbs 15, it said the abundance of counselors. And then it said many counselors. And I think that's something that we need to think about as we look for mentors in our lives. And I think from the Bible, as I said, we see potential for different types of mentors. In fact, I think that we see three types of mentors in the Bible that we can talk about and we can think about in our lives. We need a Paul, we need a Barnabas, and we need a Timothy. I think the Bible shows us these examples. But first, we need a Paul. 
and that is a person with experience, the older life mentor. They don't necessarily have to be smarter than us. They don't have to necessarily be more gifted for, uh, than us. We're looking for people with experiences that we can learn from, somebody who's willing to share with us not only their strengths, but also their weaknesses. And CB talked about this. Somebody's willing to open up. Somebody's willing to talk about his successes and his failures. Hebrews 13, 7 says, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. People that we can look up to, people that we can remember and look at the things that they have done. You know, when I started at Spring Creek years ago, I was obviously much younger and much less experienced and much less knowledgeable. But we were a small group, which was fortunate for me. Um, I got to spend a lot of one-on-one time and talk to a lot of the men there and talk about sermons and things. And that's when I really started to learn and grow when I got to see examples. And then one day Ty came up and asked me, he's like, hey, do you want to go to Arkansas with me for a week? And being this dude who was pretty new to this, I was kind of like, wait, what? Go to Arkansas for a week? And I thought about it because he was doing a singing instruction and he was doing a, a, a meeting. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll go to Arkansas. And I did. And it was an incredible experience for me. Um, getting to go to that meeting, getting to see evangelism work, getting to see how Ty put his lessons together to meet people at other churches and see how other churches operated and spend a week at singing instruction. Uh, it was just a really neat experience. And I went on several visits with him to different houses and saw a little glimpse on how that works and how the brotherhood supports each other. And I'd never seen anything like that. This was all new to me. So that was a big eye-opener for me. It was a great experience for me. And it was because Ty looked around and he saw an opportunity. And he took that opportunity. I don't know if I've thanked him enough for that. I wish he's here right now, so I could thank him. But I need to remember to do that because it opened my eyes a lot and it had a big, it was a big moment for me. And, and that's one of the things about mentorship that we have to think about. It's not just gaining knowledge experience. It's also very encouraging and strengthening for us to know that someone else has a genuine care in our spiritual walk and cares about us and what we're doing in our lives. And that's one of the big things it did for me as well. And of course, being there was great because I got to talk with Clay and Craig and other guys too, just a lot. We'd sit around lunch and talk about our sermons and that was a big help to me. So besides a Paul of finding that older mentor, we also need what I think is a Barnabas in our life. And that's more of what I'm calling, going to call a peer mentor. Proverbs 1 and 5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. So this is a peer mentor, as I'm calling it, like a Barnabas. You know, Paul went to Barnabas early in his walk, even though they were more of a similar age. And we can find people like that in our lives. It may be someone that we know well. It may be our friends. Because we know them well, though, they're not going to be impressed with us. They know beyond kind of what's on the surface. And I think that helps a lot. They're people that can hold us accountable, people that can speak, to the love, speak the truth to us with love. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. We've talked about this one a lot. But the idea of friend is what caught my attention with this one. But having those friends as mentor as, as well, I think, is a very important thing. Um, and, of course, a spouse is perfect for this. But I think having more than just that, someone who maybe is not so close to the situation, can help us a lot as well. People that we can talk to, people that can hold us accountable. And back again, I'm going to toss back to my days at Spring Creek. Again, I had never had friends in the church coming from my background, so all of a sudden I'm here, and I got to know Chase and Aaron quite a bit, and we spent a lot of time together. And we kind of became peer mentors to each other, tossing ideas around, talking about our lives, talking about what we were going to teach on. And Chase and I have continued that, and I will text him questions about scriptures. I will send him excerpts from my sermons. I will call him if I'm not sure about something. And he has continued to be that mentor to me, that peer mentor that helps me with things. And he's told me before, hey, that's dumb. Don't do that. Stop what you're doing there. Think about it like this. Take that out of your life. You need to focus on this. And that's been big to me. And now here, the opportunity to be at this congregation 
and with so many other guys I consider peers, even though I'm probably a little older than some of them, but they're still good friends, and, and, and their opportunity to sit and talk with them and toss around uh, sermon ideas and just talk about each other's lives, that has been a big thing for me, and that helps hold me accountable, and those peer mentors are something I suggest everybody kind of seeks out and looks at for in their life. But besides that, I think that we also need to start looking for and thinking about finding a Timothy in our life. And that is our mentee or someone that we can mentor. And I'll tell you this, well, I learned this becoming a teacher. One of the best ways to learn something is to teach. That's true from the pulpit and that's true in the classroom. But mentoring is a great opportunity for you too to reflect on yourself and what you're doing. But we need to look for those kinds of people, people that we can be a good influence on, people that are younger, maybe less experienced, that we can build into their lives. You know, we look at Paul and Timothy and their relationship, and um, we see that example right there laid out, and that's someone that we can teach and work with and guide and share our experiences with. And um, Philippians 2 and 22, it says, But you know Timothy's proven worth. How is a son with a, with a father he has served with me in the gospel. They developed a close relationship, and Paul cared about Timothy as they talked about him here. And the thing is, as a teacher, it's been really nice to have the opportunity to mentor lots of students. And I, I just have to tell one story. I had a student who was with me at College Station years ago, and um, I taught him for three years. I had him in the classroom for at least two hours a day, about three hours a day his senior year. And he would come in there every day, and he'd eat lunch. And then his last year, he had an off period. So he became an office aide, and they let him come down there and work with me. And he began mentoring and working with some of the younger students. Um, then he graduated and went off to college, went into the TV and film industry, worked in that for a while. Then he came back to Houston and came to work for me full time years later at my other production company, worked with me for about a year and saw how the industry worked that I was doing. And I continued to teach him and show him the ropes. Well, then the job teaching video production at the old high school where we first met, 12 or 15 years ago at College Station, that position opened up, my old job. Well, he said, I want to do that, and he applied for that. Now he went back there, and now he's teaching in my old job. So I don't even think we realized over the years what a mentor-mentee relationship we had, but now look, he's literally followed in my footsteps and is now teaching that high school, um, teaching at the same high school I was at and where he started. So I just see that, and I think about how we can apply that, situations like that to our lives, to our spiritual walk, and there's so much so much opportunity for that. So that's the thing we have to think. Now, how do we get these different mentorship relationships? How do we build these things and, and put them into the church and the congregation? Well, number one, we have to have people that are willing to mentor because um, it's all about people. It's all about relationships. It's a commitment to helping strengthen others in their spiritual walk. And it's about taking the time to look for opportunities to guide others. And sometimes I think something that holds us back from being a mentor is we're very quick to discredit ourselves and we say, well, I can't do that. I've made way too many mistakes. I haven't lived a good enough life. But the thing is, in reality, it's often the individuals who have faced different trials and been through different situations and made some of these mistakes who have the most to offer us. We have to be able to share those things that we've done in our lives. And we cannot be scared to try and do that and try to be a mentor. You know, we talked about Paul several times now as a biblical mentor. But think about his past. Think about his background, the mistakes that he made. Um, dude was killing Christians for a living, basically. That's what he did. He was killing Christians, and then he turned into a great mentor, a great teacher, and we've seen the work that he did. So if he can be a mentor with the past that he had, I think that any of us can put aside our past and move forward and share our experiences that we have in life. And the thing is, Paul believed in passion on those traits he had in life because he had Christ at his center, despite the mistakes that he'd made in his past. Oops, wrong button. 
2 Timothy 2 and 2 says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will also be able to teach others also. He had Christ at the center, so his background did not matter in a negative standpoint. It was only a positive thing. So we have to be willing to work with others to pass on the things that we've experienced, the things that we have learned. Um, and that may mean opening up to others. That might be difficult sometimes. That may mean sharing our experiences. That also means trusting each other. Uh, and the thing is, you know, we can't do this. We can't mentor and teach others out of pride. It can't be seen as an opportunity because we want to show off everything we know or we want to be over someone. That can't be the attitude at all. We have to do it for the right reasons. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. See, the last part's what's so important there. Not to imitate me, it says, as I imitate Christ. We have to keep Christ at the center. It's all about Christ. So this first thing is that we have to look for opportunity to mentor others. We have to build relationships, build relationships with each other. We have to have dinner with each other. We have to have lunch with each other. We have to talk. We have to call each other. We have to text each other. Build relationships and find these opportunities to mentor and teach each other. But also, as CB talked about, it is definitely a two-way street. The main thing, you've got to be willing to be mentored. And that is sometimes where problems come in. Sometimes we have to put away our pride and realize that the people around us have things to offer us. Just because somebody sits over there joking all the time and they're goofy doesn't mean they don't have something to offer us. Someone once told me, everyone you encounter knows something you don't. And if you think about that, it's very true. That annoying guy that sits at the office uh, desk next to you, he knows things you don't. The people you don't like know things you don't. The people you love know things you don't. But everybody knows some things you don't. So every person in every situation can be turned into a learning opportunity. So we can't be afraid to also be mentored. We just have to open ourselves up to it. And in you know, teaching high school video production, ego and pride is such a big thing because they all they think they're artists. And they'll make this short film that they spend a couple weeks on, and then they'll have me watch it. And I'll be like, oh, this is great. We need to change this and this and this. And they're like, no, Mr. Falk, this is what I envisioned. This is my art. It is, it's the way I want it. And I said, well, yeah, but those shots are still out of focus. You know, it's still not right. I love your vision, but you got to, you know, make some changes. Um, they have a tough time with that. And it's funny, even video production teachers, you get 25 of us in a room at a conference, and before you ask a question, they all want to first tell you everything that they know and everything done, and that they worked in news for 10 years, and they did this and that. So they all have these ego issues, and I don't know why that is, but we have to put those things aside. We can't let those things hold us back, because um, that will prevent you from letting yourself learn. And the thing is, sometimes... Your mentee is going to know things you don't know as well, and they're going to have really wonderful ideas, and they're going to know things that we don't. But we have to encourage that and bring that out and be willing to listen to those things and accept those opportunities. And that's the thing. Paul saw an opportunity with Timothy, and he took it. And Timothy agreed and trusted him and joined him. And we see that. Acts 6, 1 and 3, Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go with him, on, have him go on and with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So Paul saw this opportunity. He said, "I want you to come with me." And the thing is, Timothy trusted him. Even he even said, "Yeah, I'll be circumcised. I'll even do that, and I'll leave everything and go with you." So that was a two-way street. They trusted each other. And they followed each other, and they worked together on that. So that's the next thing we do to do. Number two thing that we need to talk about is we need to find people to mentor us. And that may be as simple as just talking about sermons with them. Um, or it may be much more than that. 
you have to kind of determine that for yourself. But we have to find these people, and we have to find our own mentors. And then the last thing I want to talk about in, in getting this mentorship into the church, into the congregation, is that we always each have to be looking for mentor opportunities. Okay, and I, I've said that before, but I'm, I'm phrasing it a little bit different now, because mentor opportunities don't have to be a three-year commitment where you shadow someone every day and you go to Arkansas with them a week. It's not necessarily those things. Yes, those are big mentorship opportunities, but there's also lots of little things because there are always opportunities to learn from the people around you. Proverbs 13, 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And, you know, during the, the two-week work, the last one we did, I spent time with Rusty, and I said I drove around with the car with him for a couple hours, and, man, I used that time, and I picked his brain until he was probably annoyed with me. I asked him what it meant to be a godly husband. I asked him what it meant to be and what it looked like to be a godly father. And I'm older than him. I mean, not by a whole lot, but I am older than him. But he has experience in those things. He has done those things, and I have not done those things yet. So I wasn't going to pass up that opportunity to talk with him and, and learn from his experience and glean from the things that he had done. And I think that that is very important. Just seeking out those opportunities, even if they may be small, it may be just be a matter of asking questions of someone that you come in contact with that you know has some experiences that you can gain from. And I think that is the big one, recognizing those opportunities around us and taking advantage of each and every one of those situations. So we need to be building relationships and looking for these people in our lives, people to mentor, people to mentor us, and peer mentors. And the challenge to us this afternoon is just to prayerfully take this to God and consider these things. Who can I mentor? Who can mentor me? And the thing is, these opportunities... The people that we can mentor, the people that can mentor us, they are all around us. We need to look no further than the people sitting in the chairs and the pews and the seats next to us. There are handfuls of people here that have been there and done that, and there are people here that are trying to been, go there and trying to do that. We just need to get together and continue to build the relationships, and we are down that right path with our studies together and the, the Iron Sharpens Iron study we're doing right now and the lunches we have. We just got to keep doing that, talking, relationships, breakfasts on Saturday mornings, dinners on Friday nights, getting to know each other and finding the people that we can learn from, that we can help, that we can strengthen, that we can trust, and we can share our experiences with. We just have to take the time and put the energy into it to make those things happen. And I think that will help us all. And that's the thing. The teacher and the learners are always learning. So these are wonderful opportunities that we each have. And 